0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the first River City Nerdcast of 2019. I know that we're in March. I know that you guys haven't heard from me from quite some time. Uh, I do appreciate you guys coming back to listen to more podcasts, more of my thoughts, more of things that are going on in the world of pop culture. Uh, I do want to say that I did take a break, uh, you know, around the holidays, things like that. I also did get married, so it was kind of like a big, uh, big deal, a huge transition. And for everybody who's coming back with me, uh, thank you for coming back. Thank you for everybody who has shown support of the podcast. Um, this is episode number four. I just want everybody to know that. If you are a first-time listener, feel free to go ahead and follow me as far as where you can listen to me. I am available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and most importantly, my home is anchor.fm/. River City Nerdcast. So, if you are listening on the Anchor App, uh, feel free to uh, be a fan and subscribe. And for everybody who has donated to the podcast um, so far, I'm looking at trying to get a little bit more better podcasting equipment, better mics, things like that. And for the people who have asked me uh, specific information as far as certain topics, certain things that they want to hear, feel free to. Send me anything, any type of news that you see on Twitter, at Cob Lunchbox. I am on Twitter, so ask me fan questions. Ask me things that you want me to cover, things that you want to talk about. And I'm actually looking at bringing on guests so we can, um, quote-unquote, uh, freestyle a lot of different things and a lot of different topics. Today, as far as topics... Um, I think everybody would be really remiss if I didn't mention the Avengers Endgame trailer that dropped uh, a few days ago. I will also be talking about Captain Marvel, my thoughts, or my review pretty much. Um, The Game of Thrones trailer that dropped uh, the week before, I didn't come up here and talk about it. But I do want to do possibly just a little bit of review, some speculations, and maybe one of my crazy uh, theories that going into this 8th and final season, we can basically just get off. And let's just jump right in with the biggest part of news that the internet's really been talking about lately. Captain Marvel. So... With Captain Marvel, I, I, I do want to say this is anytime Marvel introduces a new character into the MCU and they bring a new aspect, I always go into it with with um, a very low bar, if you will. And that is just because with Doctor Strange, uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy, and with Ant-Man... Uh, These aren't really big names that a lot of non-comic book fans and casual fans are too familiar with. Uh, Same being said with Captain Marvel. So when I was reading online that people were trashing the movie before it had even came out, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it, I took it with a grain of salt, just because of the fact that a bad review isn't going to keep me away from a movie, and I know for a fact a bad review won't keep a lot of people away from a movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I can I can use this as an example. Um, Batman vs Superman got a bad review. And people still went and saw it. It still uh, got close to breaking a billion dollars in the box office, and people still went and watched it. It although critically, it, uh, the reviews were were not that great, but uh, box office wise, uh, it did good money. And uh, the same with Aquaman. Aquaman did break a billion dollars worldwide, but the movie's terrible. Uh, it just it's a Jason Momoa shirtless in front of CGI for most of the movie. Uh, The only thing I took away from that movie was Black Manta because I believe and felt that they did the Black Manta character right. But that's just me. That's my own opinion. So with Captain Marvel, like Wonder Woman, it was met with a lot of resistance online. There was a lot of bad reviews. Uh, Wonder Woman made over a billion dollars. Um, the first female sup- superhero uh movie that was done right, uh, everyone can go out and comment and you know throw it out on Twitter, Catwoman, Electra, things like that. Nobody watches movies; they were really terrible. Um, and if you asked me if I would rather watch Electra and Catwoman over. Um, Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, all nine times, uh, ten times out of ten, I will take uh, the the newer movies. It's just done right, uh, well acted. Brie Larson uh, did exactly what I thought she was going to do. She she gave me what I needed. Um, a lot of people online saying that uh, they didn't think that you know she should have been Captain Marvel. Uh, I heard it locally from some friends actually. that were saying that uh, you know. That she didn't deserve to be as part of uh, the MCU, and and I can see where where they say that. Um, a lot of it is just the the modern modernized uh, Captain Marvel that's getting run in the uh, Kelly Pseudoconic run of Captain Marvel, which is where they got the costume design, whether they where they got a, a lot of the new uh, things for it, and um, even in the movie, if you blink, you will miss Kelly Pseudoconic. And in the credits, they Marvel and Kevin Feige put out a huge, huge thank you to Kelly Sudaconic Pseudoconic for uh, using her story arc, and and I know Kevin Feige is a huge fan of her work, and even in the red carpet premiere, he all he does is praise her, and so I'm I was a fan. I was a fan of the movie, um, just. You know, with with you know, and 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 I will say this now: spoilers for people who haven't seen Captain Marvel. It was a movie that did the uh, period piece, if you will, and the amnesia storyline really, really well. And I feel like the amnesia storyline of the Captain Marvel movie does not get enough credit because the amnesia, uh, the amnesia trope in cinema. Um, is not really done well, and if you look like a movie like uh Christopher Nolan's Memento, uh, it's it's done really well. And I feel that at the beginning of this movie, you do meet Carol Danvers, she's having a, a nightmare about uh, an incident, and the movie plays with that incident the entire time. Uh, and you find out that she knows nothing about herself, no memory. And as much as we knew that going in with the trailers, we we knew that it was going to be some type of period piece. Now, with Guardians of the Galaxy, the first Guardians of the Galaxy, a lot of what praised that movie was its soundtrack. And I feel that Captain Marvel did a good job with its soundtrack. Very, very 90s. Uh, there was just a bunch of uh, 90s callbacks. And. the I, I felt like the music took me there because there was times where I just felt, hey, I'm in a 90s movie theater watching a movie in the 90s, you know, uh, car chases, things like that, that just that, that got me there. And, um, you know, the the references of the Blockbuster and the Radio Shack. That just I I was just uh, I was happy I was giddy and and granted it was you know uh, in the first leg of the movie that that stuff happens I I just felt that uh, it made me feel like I was in the nineties and it just really it took me there uh, and and one of the other things that took me there was the Stanley cameo and. Um, This would have been the second cameo – I no, actually I believe it's the first cameo since uh, Stan passed away because um, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was already out before he passed. So uh, watching Stan um, sit there on the subway reading the script for Mallrats, um, it had me for two reasons. The first, because if you don't already know, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. I follow him on Twitter, and I'm a fan just because he's a fan of everything. And the other day, when I was writing out the uh, the the first part of this podcast out, I watched a video of when he knew they uh, what the Stanley cameo is, and and quick side story is that Kevin Feige called him and and asked him that uh, when Stan was shooting for Mallrats. If uh Kevin Smith re uh if Kevin Smith had recorded or filmed him more than one time as far as doing a take. And so Kevin said that yes, that he had uh I shot him multiple times because, you know, he it took him multiple time takes to get the lines right. And uh, Kevin said, "Okay, well, this is what I want to do. This is what this is what we're gonna do." And so he told him he's gonna be sitting there reading Mallrats. Uh, it's gonna say Mallrats by Kevin Smith. Reading the script, he's gonna be practicing his lines and things like that. And um, and uh, uh, Kevin Smith just got really emotional, and and you know he he uh, he felt that and. I got really emotional because I felt how am I supposed to write this when you find out that um, this person who knew Stan and this person who um, has always been talking and and doing things in film in his career has always loved this uh, Marvel and this this just comic book thing, and now in in a in, um, in a weird weird full circle, Kevin Smith is part of the MCU. As as a character, and he it, you know might not be a physical character, but he is Kevin Smith in the sense that his this his work is uh, noted, and so I think he felt that that was a really big thank you, and you know just stand being uh, stand being Stan and, and we and weird knew he, he filmed all of his cameos uh, up to where he was going to be, and and it just and it felt it felt that. Um. In this movie, you you see Carol and and she's part uh you know she's part of Star Force, which is uh you know part of the Kree Empire, and um, in Gardens of the Galaxy, you do find out that the the Kree is you know uh the Kree are evil, and so going into this movie, it it, it was a misdirect thinking that the Kree were trying to stop the Skrulls from in invading Earth. And you find out after while I mean, obviously with the trailers, but like it's a misdirect. And that's one of those things that I have really been just enjoying so much with these Marvel movies is um, they will give you a, a solid trailer. And with that trailer, uh, it's, it, you know, who who whomever is getting paid to cut these trailers for Marvel, so it's a wonderful job because they're misdirect everything from where your thought process of where your speculation is going to something different the the trailer does give you the amnesia trope it does give you the uh cree versus scrolls thing and and captain marvel becoming uh herself but then it just takes all of that and then spins it around tosses it on its head because if you really think about it uh, you just get the amnesia trope and then everything else that ha- that happens. So we are led to believe in this film that the Kree are trying to um, stop the Skrulls from invading Earth and taking over all uh, facets of uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's in- probably implied in Captain America The Winter Soldier that the last time Nick Fury trusted somebody, he lost his eye. And so, you kind of think that that's an area that they're going. And again, misdirect. Um, we find out that the 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 scrolls are not invading to conquer. They are invading to find a, a MacGuffin, if you will. And what they're trying to find is a light speed engine capable of traveling through um through space so you see in guardians of the galaxy 2 where they do the warp holes and uh in the scene in guardians of the galaxy 2 where they have to uh go through several warp holes just to um get to uh peter quill this light speed engine would uh would ultimately take care of that um and the part about that is um in the comics the scrolls uh do it's part of the secret invasion storyline or i mean i'm sorry uh the secret war storyline where the scroll invasion happens and you find out in in that storyline that not all the or in that storyline the scrolls are evil but in in this movie it's done really well that the scrolls are uh, obviously they are not evil. They are actually just trying to find their home. Um Ben Mendelssohn basically tells you that uh he's trying to find this so he could find a home for uh the scattered uh scrolls. And it's just pockets of, of you know, uh scroll people who have been uh moved from their original planet by the Kree and the Kree's just wants them out. And so on earth, watching Carol, uh, decode everything. She, uh, she ends up finding out with the help of, um, of, uh, Ben Mendelsohn who plays, uh, the, the scroll leader at this point. um, how she got her powers and in the uh it's an interesting development to find out that um the lightspeed engine that um uh, marvell uh made for the kree infused carol with her powers so it was infused uh her, like her powers were infused Due to her shooting the uh, lightspeed engine. And we come to find out in the third act that the lightspeed engine was used with the power source of the Tesseract. Which we find out in um, Age of Ultron is the Mind Stone. So like Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, Carol kind of got her powers from one of the Infinity Stones uh making her one one of the you know strongest MCU characters to date um I would put her up there with Thor being obviously the strongest and Jude Law throughout the movie he he just tries to keep Carol controlled he tries to keep her second-guessing herself, trying to keep her calm and not losing control. He knows what she's capable of. He was there when everything happened because, spoiler, spoiler, Jude Law was the person who killed Marvel in front of Carol Danvers, and then Carol tried to destroy the technology of the lightspeed engine so the Kree wouldn't get it, ultimately getting infused with the powers from the lightspeed engine, a.k.a. Some of the Tesseract slash Mindstone. And it goes to um Marvel having a secret space base and Carol, Nick Fury, um Monica Rambo, and then Ben Mendelson going to find said Tesseract and being able to try to help the Kree get this light speed engine to get home and ultimately Jude law and Starforce show up and try to make things, uh, difficult, try to take the Tesseract and, uh, eliminate, uh, Carol, everybody who knows about it and take out the create, uh, take out the scrolls at the same time. So, Going into it, finding out that uh, Captain Marvel um, finds out she can fly. She basically uses her emotions and instead of falling, she gets back up. Uh, She defeats all of Starforce and ultimately when Ronan from Guardians of the Galaxy, a much younger Ronan from Guardians, uh, shows up, he turns tail and runs. He's out of there. He said he's basically not going to deal with her. And that he'll come back for her. Obviously when he has way more men. And way more ships. Uh, So at the end of the movie. We get Jude Law on Earth. And he tells Carol. And again he tries to manipulate her. He tries to um, make it to where he has more of an advantage. In a one on one contest with Carol. And he tells her that. You know, uh, for her not to use her powers, he puts away his gun. He's like, you can't defeat me one-on-one. He goes, you can't prove to me. And um, I got a lot of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark where, you know, Indiana Jones uh, is sees the guy with the sword. He's like waving around the sword. And Indiana Jones just pulls out the gun shoots him. She uh, ain't, She didn't have time for that, <laughs> you know, uh, if you really think about it. She took care of Jude Law, sent him out. And uh, at the end of the movie, we we get we get her um heading out with the the scrolls to, to find a new uh new planet and um you do get carol telling uh fury that if any emergency happens she fixed his pager to be able to communicate with her um her glove receptacle it's kind of like a you know a little modified uh hologram style communicator on her on her glove that if she fury needed her she can uh she can get the signal and come back and so that's obviously what we see at the end of uh in Infinity War and it kind of just ends in this real nice um throwback style of a movie and and you and you take it for what you will and obviously you find out that uh that goose the cat is actually a, a flarkin and scratches Nick Fury in the eye and uh that's how he loses his ability to see an alien an uh, alien cat scratched him in the eye and he loses his vision uh I thought he was going to get shot I thought he was going to get uh hit by something uh just a little bit more of a suspenseful thing so we get all of that, and then the, the thing that everyone has talked about the most and what we weren't expecting is the first credit scene of Captain Marvel. We get bearded Captain America. So when I saw this, I started grabbing my wife's shirt and started pulling on it because I was so excited. I'm a huge Captain America fan and so seeing him in an end credit scene was was making me giddy. Um so you see him in and Black Widow uh looking over the counter of how many missing people on the planet are continuing to tally up and they start talking to each other. Then um War Machine walks in, tells them that the the pager stopped doing whatever it was it was doing. So uh, Cap, Black Widow, uh, Bruce Banner, and and War Machine are are standing around saying, "Send the signal again, send the signal again," because uh, Fury believed whatever it was was gonna help them, and Cap wanted her to know. So we get. Uh, Black Widow talking about how she wants to know who was on the other end of the signal, and the minute she turns around, we get carol danvers with obviously longer hair she still looks the same her costume looks a little bit more like it's been through a few battles and things like that and she says where's fury and it ends and so that that's a scene obviously from uh, avengers endgame and we see we've seen that before in ant-man where uh Cap and War Machine find Bucky and they have that conversation and that's part of the Civil War movie. So it's just something that we see. We do get a a, a second – we do get a second scene, uh, end credit scene and uh, we see Goose in Fury's office and you think he's coughing up a hairball and he actually coughs up the Tesseract because in the film, um, the flurkin eats the Tesseract. And Fury thinks that it's okay that he's gonna keep, um, he's gonna keep the Tesseract safe, and he's gonna keep Goose. And you also get the scene where Fury starts to outline uh, the initiative to find more enhanced or super super beans uh, to help defend the planet, and he was going to call it the Protector Initiative. And when he's sifting through Carol's uh, file, he sees that her name is Avenger on her uh, fighter jet. And so he changes it to the Avengers Initiative, which uh, brings everything full circle when you get to the end of Iron Man. And all in all, I think the movie was great. Uh, everybody who was... Talking about online not being a great movie uh the movie made so much money um even in its second week it still was number one. It went down fifty five percent from its first weekend and it's still dominating the box office and it's um projected to, to hit the the billion dollar it's it's set to hit the billion dollar um mark. It is the seventh highest grossing opening weekend of all time. It is very successful. And at the end of the day, when it comes to a comic book movie, it's only as successful as how much money it makes in the eyes of the studio. It can not be a critically acclaimed movie. Um, or just not even a comic book movie, but just a movie in general. Um in, in In my years of of just following the business, if a movie can make three times its budget, it's considered a a success. And if you look at a movie like Jurassic world, um, that movie made a billion dollars. It was the the most watched movie of the summer of 2015. And I think the only other movie that year that I think Jurassic World might have been number two, might have been number one, uh, was Age of Ultron until Star Wars came out that year. And that movie made money hand over fist, and it pushed Chris Pratt into superstardom. And they made a sequel, and the sequel wasn't so great. So... um you know it's uh marvel has this recipe of how they do their things kevin feige has this outline in this huge web design and Ke- kevin feige is you know uh four or five years down the line of where he wants to get to project wise and you know we as fans are just we want to know what's next we want to see what happens and speaking about what's happening we can get to the bread and butter of what everyone's been talking about the avengers Endgame trailer let's Dive in and dissect what we got going on. Now, there's so much to talk about. There's even more to speculate. And I honestly don't even know where to start. So um, we get a bunch of voiceover and we see a bunch of flashbacks from uh, the first wave of the Marvel movies. um, As well as uh, the stuff that happened in Infinity War. And you get voiceover from... Uh Tony Stark, Thor, uh Peggy Carter, surprisingly, from Winter Soldier. It's you can tell it's older Peggy Carter. And we were we were told that the footage from everything that you would see from Infinity War, whether it's the Super Bowl uh teaser, the first trailer at and or the second trailer or any random comic-con spots or anything that we were going to see was the first 25 to 30 minutes of the film which which makes everybody have more questions um and these are questions that that i have for myself it's like how does ant-man get out of the quantum realm how does tony stark and nebula uh get back to earth because in the trailer we do see tony stark and nebula on earth in quantum uh realm suits so we do know they get back they have to macgyver their way back but they do and how much time passes uh we do see throughout the trailer black widow having uh her short blonde hair to long blonde hair to long red hair uh you know throughout the the trailer so how much time passes we 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 still you know get to figure all that out, and we we know that uh, they are in the quantum suits, so there is going to be quantum energy. We're we're probably going to get a, a time loop, a time a time jump. Uh, we get Ant Man in his uh, regular suit, but we do see him out of the quantum realm, seeing all the missing uh, uh, the missing. Uh, person's flyers so we would assume that he would have gone to go see his daughter and then him finding out that nobody made it and he trying to figure out what happened so he has to go to the avengers base. so he has to drive from san francisco all the way to upstate new york to make it to the avengers uh, facility um and he and remember he has been to the Avengers uh, facility in Ant-Man he does go to the Avengers base and he has the tussle with Falcon so he knows where it's at he's been there before and so um he has to drive to get there and that's what we see him in the in the first trailer um we we also get uh Hawkeye we see him in a type of flashback with his daughter having her shoot a bow and uh if you pay place play pay close attention to his uh his ankle he does have the ankle monitor uh so we do know that it's post uh civil war uh because he makes the deal and uh he's with his family kind of staying retired and so um we it's it is probably a hundred percent implied. I don't think anybody thinks that uh Hawkeye did not have his entire family get snapped by Thanos and in turn it made him snap, you know, mentally, and we find him out and about. Uh as you see in the first trailer, he is slicing uh people up and he gets the haircut, he gets the new costume, and he's full Ronin at this point. Um, and speaking of that, we we do see him in a tunnel, running away from an explosion. Um, the The tunnel has water, so um, he he is uh, shooting a bow. He's jumping uh, to get out of this fire, uh, and we don't know if he caused it. We don't know where the explosion's coming from, where it's at. If he's on a mission as Ronan, uh, but we do see Ant Man. Uh, who is shrunken down? And there's a headphone jack. You see a pencil running water. He's diving to get out of it. We have no idea where this is at. Uh, it could be inside the Avengers facility. It can be inside uh, of of some building. It could be inside of a, a ship or or something. We have no clue. Again, like I mentioned in the uh, while I was talking about Captain Marvel, a total misdirect. They can misdirect us to think that this is the final fight with Thanos on whatever world that you think that's happening. Or it can just be um, Earth. It could be a different a different uh, time. And we also get Rocket in his uh, different uh, Guardian suit. And he is on the shoulder of War Machine who has uh, a newer suit it looks like, and he, they, that, that picture of just them there, uh, making them look really, really good together, uh, and, uh, you see a lot of smoke and, and, uh, uh, a a dusk kind of, um, setting, you also get, um, Nebula, uh, with a bunch of, uh, destruction behind her, it looks like a bunch of, um, debris things like that we also get um a extended version of Captain America tightening his shield and he is in his older Captain America gear and you see his face and it he looks like he is having a a a big fight and it looks like he's struggling and that he's angry and all of these scenes of all these characters that i just mentioned is all most likely on the same field of battle, and you know uh, Nebula yelling as she's uh, running towards whoever she's attacking um, could imply that it is Thanos. Yeah, you because know, when she, in Infinity War when she was fighting Thanos, she was yelling towards uh, attacking him. So I don't know anybody who she hates more than Thanos that she's running after to attack, and. We don't even know where it's at. Is it on Titan Two, where uh, Thanos is at? That the Russos confirmed is uh, where Thanos went at the end of Infinity War, uh, the new planet. Because uh, Nebula talks about uh, at the tail end. Um, he always told us after he we you, everything happened. He told us where he was going to, where he always wanted to go, and he called it uh, the garden. So Nebula probably knows where this planet is. And the tail end of the trailer being the scene with uh, Captain Marvel and Thor. And Thor summons Stormbringer, and Captain Marvel doesn't move, and they. Glance eyes at each other and she smirks and Thor looks at Cap and he says, I like this one. I feel like there's a lot missing in there too. I want to say Thor uh, – and this is – again, this is pure speculation. This is not spoiler territory but I think that Thor – might say something, Captain Marvel says another thing, they bump heads, he summons Stormbringer back to him, and then she doesn't uh, get faced, she doesn't get flinched, she doesn't get scared, and they continue on, they're trying to just reveal and show that she is part of the team, she's part of the Avengers, and that uh, Fury, she is the reason that Fury summoned all of these people together, and I... I have thoughts and theories on this because if it is within the first 30 minutes of the film and we see Ant-Man, everything happen. I want to say the first part of the film is Ant-Man getting out of the quantum realm because the beginning of the film is going to is basically going to show where all of the Avengers on Earth leaving Wakanda. uh, We're going to get Tony Stark and Nebula in space. We're gonna get Ant Man in. Um, we're gonna get Ant Man in the Quantum Realm, and we're probably even gonna get Captain Marvel in space somewhere. And um, we're probably in the first twenty, 20, 25, 30 minutes gonna get the scene from uh, the end credit scene from Captain Marvel. I have a feeling that Ant Man in the Quantum Realm is going to go into a time vortex. And he's going to get out around and after the snap. He is going to get to the Avengers facility, have everybody find out what happens. Captain Marvel shows up. um, Everything happens there. And then I think he tells Cap how he got out, what the Quantum Realm is, and that he can possibly be able to find a different uh, point in time. Then they are going to group up with – and then Nebula has to be there. So I think they're going to group up and they're going to uh, jump in together, not in the quantum suits. That They're going to jump in together into some type of time vortex in the quantum realm. And they're going to go into a different timeline where they fight Thanos together on Earth differently and they lose. And they have to regroup and go back to the normal time where Bruce Banner and Tony Stark end up finding out how the quantum energy works, making the quantum suits, and then going back to the right time. And I think it's going to be one of those things where uh, science prevails in the sense of like uh, they're going to do multiple – not like a multiple timeline – Event. It's going to be a calculated uh, thing by Tony Stark of this is the exact moment we need to go back because we need to, A, stop uh, Loki, stop New York, uh, B, make sure Ultron never happens, C, make sure, you know, things like that to try to solidify them and make them stronger. Hey, if we don't lose this person, maybe we're stronger. Hey, if this doesn't happen, maybe it's stronger uh and that's just a crazy theory. It is 100% not going to happen. That's just what I'm uh just throwing out there cuz it's fun. You know, at this point it's it's fun to speculate. We have <clears throat> a fun April coming up. Uh I believe April 26th is the release date. I am going to be there opening night. I do not want to miss this movie and I don't think that It, I don't, you know, it's gonna make all the money, and I was talking to a friend of mine, and she was telling me that she hopes that Marvel does the time uh, travel thing the right way, and I just want to know because the Russos came out and said that Thanos is not the the main villain in this movie. Who do we get? Who is it that who who comes out? because we know um from diving in and casting we don't know who else is who so marvel had to have played played this down so much and and have uh kept so much from everybody to make this as secret as possible so us getting to that and only having so much so much footage that they don't want us to to see is it it's it's uh it's exciting but a little nerve-wracking at the same time and it's one of those things where it's like you wake up the next morning you're like we're one day closer as comic book fans uh everybody was just so ready for for infinity war it's going to be the biggest uh comic book movie of all time just getting all these factions together but i think endgame's gonna endgame's gonna take it uh every every marvel movie i've gone into uh seen at the theaters like i said with captain marvel i i put it at this expectation level uh very low i i set the bar very low the avengers movies i don't set low i set to to them to the marvel standard because i went into avengers and i was just blown away and with age of ultron i set the bar really high and it wasn't as good uh just because of the stuff with um Disney and Joss Whedon bumping heads so it wasn't as good and the issue with uh, Marvel and Ant-Man making them have to refilm and redo that, that's another story for a different time, Um, kind of rotated how the MCU was going to look and so it changed things, so April 26th, Make sure you have your tickets. Uh, Make sure you use whatever means you can to watch this movie. It's going to make all the money. It's going to be the most talked about thing. I will come up with a review. Uh, Like I said, April 26th. Uh, I am ready. Marvel take all my money and keep giving me this because as a comic book fan, uh, as a moviegoer, uh, this is what I want to see. I want to be left questioning everything. Not given any details at all of the movie. And I want to go in there surprised. Just like the Red Skull uh, reveal in Infinity War. I was happy with that. I like reveals like that. So if Quicksilver comes back. If he's somehow alive. If Ultron shows up. If Hela shows up. All these people. Everyone knows Loki's in this movie. So we're going to get Loki. So everyone who didn't see him in any of the trailers... You know, because of the leaks from the film, he's going to be on set. We know Spider-Man's coming back. We know Doctor Strange is coming back. All this stuff's happening. We know these characters in here, Black Panther. We know he's coming back. But the reveal, that is what we want to see. Speaking of April, Game of Thrones. I know there are people out there who Game of Thrones is not their cup of tea. My wife being one of them, She does not. she's not a fan. That being said, I am a huge fan. Game of Thrones season eight. We saw the trailer that came out uh, a few weeks ago. I don't have to uh, go and actually break that down. Plenty of other people have. It's uh, it's a little bit more later of news. I just want to uh, touch on it. Um, we're one less than a month away, April fourteenth actually into the premiere. We are getting six episodes, season eight, the end of an era. And all the footage we know about this that came out in that trailer or uh, and, and in the teasers before, It's they've only given us footage up until episode three. We do know episode three is the battle at Winterfell. They, they did confirm it, HBO uh, confirmed that that is happening in episode 3. They did give us the run times of the uh, episodes of Game of Thrones. Episode 1, 2, and 3 being 60 minutes. And then episode uh, 4 being 70 minutes and episode 5 and 6 being 80 minutes. So we're getting roughly about seven or eight episodes, if you really think about it. those extra 20, 30 minutes here and there i'm not I'm not upset uh I think that uh d and d have told the story with what George has given them and and uh we're, it's now it's just time for the final battle the the that's what we're getting. Uh, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones right now. I'm in Season 5, uh, halfway through the season right now. I know a lot of people are boning up to get them uh, to where they're at. For Episode 1 of Season 8, I will be out of town. I will not be in town when this, the, the episode airs. I will be on the road coming back. Um, I have a question for all my listeners out there. Would you want me to do episode reviews of Game of Thrones? Because I am not as knowledgeable about the books as I am with the show. I can throw together a quick little uh, review for each episode going into this last season if that is your cup of tea. If it isn't, it's fine. Um, We have a lot of other stuff to cover. Um... If you guys let me know on Twitter uh, and and give me your feedback, if you want uh, Game of Thrones reviews, I can put them together and throw them up as like uh, a one off or you know just a a quick um, little review for everybody who watches to try to get a little bit of more information, or a little bit more speculation of this last season. It's fine. I myself can't wait. Um, I'm not one of those people who sad it's over. I am one of those people that I'm glad to experience what I experienced. And um anybody have any theories? That that's the other part. Anybody have any theories? We for the people who listen, uh Entertainment Weekly dropped a picture. Club confirmed the Unmountain and the Hound, this is happening. They're gonna fight. It's gonna happen. The Hound's gonna kill him. It's gonna kill his brother. It's been eight seasons plus in the making. He is gonna die. That's 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 the freebie. The second one that I think this is the one that that I'm that I'm very very sure might happen. This is the one that I hope happens. I want Cersei to be all comfortable. In King's Landing, and I want Jaime to make his way to her in the throne room on the Iron Throne, having a discussion with her after the mountain is dead. Kyburn also being in the same room and them having a conversation. And then I want to see a hand on the throat of Cersei, just a hand. And then them implying that it is Jaime. And then then seeing his other hand that is supposed to be the one that got chopped off. Wrapping itself around Cersei's neck. And her dying. Cersei dying. And then watch, uh, watching Jaime walk away from the Iron Throne, fulfilling the Valonqar, the Valonqar prophecy in the books that says that the younger brother will kill, uh, would kill her, and that Cersei always thought it was Tyrion because she loved Jaime, even though she's a few minutes older than him, and come to find out that it was Arya taking off the faceless men mask because she, Jaime didn't make it. But we don't know that he didn't make it. Uh, Them implying that he might have gotten stabbed. uh, By you know. Somebody and that he's recovering. But it just in fact. Is that he didn't make it. And the only one who knew about it was Arya. And she took his face. And used it. uh, To kill Cersei. And she takes the biggest name. Off of her list. And the Valonqar is fulfilled. Because. In the books, Maggie the Frog just told told her all the same stuff. Told her about the Valonqar, but how would Maggie the Frog know that it was Arya? She wouldn't. She wouldn't at all. And with uh, Arya doing the uh, the faceless men, that is the one thing that I think would make everybody cheer. One of my favorite pastimes is watching people who have never seen Game of Thrones and watching their reactions to certain things that happen. Gives me joy to watch people scream, cry, laugh, you know, uh, everything. Get angry. My favorite thing to do. I love reaction videos to Game of Thrones. So those are two uh, speculations that I have. I have no idea if Daenerys dies. If John is Zora High, we already know a bunch of people are gonna die. So, you know, I, I, is Tyrion gonna turn on Danny? What, what is the thing there? So, I'm, I'm not sure. Is Tyrion gonna make it even? Uh, I know that, um, George R. R. Martin's wife's favorite character is Tyrion. She said that if, uh, Tyrion ever died in the books, that she would divorce George, which I think is really, really funny. Uh, so that is that as far as Game of Thrones. So let me know on Twitter. Uh, if you guys want me to do Game of Thrones, uh, reviews, I'm probably just going to end up doing them no matter what. Uh, it's not that long of a season. And if it gives me a reason to watch the same episode at Game of Thrones two or three or four times in, uh, 24 hours, more power to you guys. (laughs) Um... And I want to talk about uh, some quick bullet points before we get out of here today. Uh, James Gunn. Disney rehired James Gunn after the entire controversy that happened with him on Twitter about um, all of the, quote, jokes that he was making, the very uh, lewd, vulgar, and racial uh, jokes that people dug up on James Gunn uh, 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 back last year, I believe and um disney rehired him i really think that they were just uh they took time away so that james can um let everything blow over i they they uh, they're using his script and even when he wasn't rehired they planned on using his script um i was i was really having a a, a really big hope That uh, Taika Waititi, who directed Thor Ragnarok, who made Thor Ragnarok as successful and as good as it was. I was hoping that he would have gotten in uh, to do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, That did not happen uh, because we're getting James Gunn back. Uh, He's still going to film Suicide Squad 2, um, which we just found out is a reboot. Uh, so the first Suicide Squad did not happen. It's just a reboot of the uh, the first Suicide Squad, and um, it it should be a really fitting end. Uh, I believe uh, Guardians of the three is the end of the contractual obligations of everybody who was on the part of the Guardians. Uh, everybody like uh, Chris Pratt, uh, Dave Batista, you know Vin Diesel, just everybody who's part of it, because. They had their, I think it was a five movie contract. So it was the Three Guardians movies, and then the uh, End Game and Infinity War. I think that they were all signed on for. So uh, Disney can extend them. Disney could kill some of them off. Uh, you know, do whatever. It's just their speculation. James Gunn's back. That ha- that movie, I believe, has a 2020 release date or a 2021 release date. I believe it's 2021 because uh, it is supposed to be. After the Black Panther movie and after Spider-Man Far From Home, which I did not talk about, but I'm pretty sure everybody out there knows about the trailer for Spider-Man and um, speculation for that. Um, Something else I want to talk about. Umbrella Academy. If you haven't seen Umbrella Academy, it is a comic book slash graphic novel. Um by Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance, who actually is not even a closet nerd. He uh, writes for the Umbrella Academy. He writes for several uh, comic book um, companies out there. I believe he does some stuff for Dark Horse. Uh, He might do something for Image. I'm not too keen on what he does. But um, they adapted – Netflix actually adapted Umbrella Academy and he did have say in on quite a few, quite a few things other than being an executive producer on the series as well. And what is it about Netflix that keeps us coming back? Sometimes their movie selection for me isn't um isn't that great. And so um I I really enjoyed the story it was fun there was a lot of things with time travel the show just did it right and it's nice to see a superhero thing that isn't DC or Marvel it's refreshing the soundtrack like I said uh Gerard Way had a lot of things in there and it and it's it uh, it was fun it was very very done well um ready for season two and um if you haven't had a chance to check it out I totally recommend uh binge watching it it will only take you a day it's not that long and um, I'm ready for – again, I'm ready for season two and give me more Umbrella Academy. Uh, these last few things I want to talk about. Real quick bullet points before I get out of here again. Uh, anybody a fan of Cruel Intentions? Uh movie came out in 1998, 1999 around the time for one week only. Next week in March, uh, select theaters will be showing it in theaters. Um, I always enjoyed uh, that movie growing up. It is fun, Uh, it is crazy, Uh, soundtrack's amazing, and I actually am most likely going to go see it next week and just get that 90s nostalgia factor back again. Um, Anybody who uh, I know that are in Texas who listen to this, anybody go to South by Southwest? A little bit of information that came out. Jordan Peel's Us, 100%. Rotten Tomatoes. I am super excited. This also comes out next Friday. I cannot wait. I will be there watching it, and early reports are saying that this movie is unlike anything anyone has seen. That's what I want to hear from a Jordan Peele movie. He is a great mind. He's the first Jordan Peele. I put him up there. If he he keeps it up, I put him up there with Carpenter. I put him up there with Kubrick. He is just giving me what I want, and I will have a review for us once I watch it and I will bring it to you guys to let you know. Uh, the other thing is, is that Pet Cemetery is actually good. I, from several reviews that I've, uh, read small little tidbits about, nothing spoiler related, is that Pet Cemetery 2, just like with it, um, Is actually really good. It's a a new fresh take on a classic Stephen King book. Um, A a 90s movie has a better uh, budget and it looks a little bit crisp. Uh, I'm excited. I'm ready. Uh, Pet Sematary is probably one of my favorite uh, horror movies slash Stephen King movies uh, or Stephen King adaptations. And um, I'm ready. Uh, That is something I'm also looking forward to too. And... I I just want to know how, um, in today's society, how this gets done. So uh, those last pieces of news is all I have for you today. I'm about to hit the one-hour mark. So follow me on Twitter. Feel free to talk to me. I hope everybody enjoyed this uh, episode today. And I am ready to go get back on Game of Thrones. Let me know what you think. Please, please, please subscribe on any platform that I'm at. I'm actually going to start trying to come up here weekly, keeping this uh, keeping this going. Thank you for uh, being patient with me. I know it's been a while since I recorded anything, but I am hoping to bring a lot to the table for you guys in the next coming week, especially April. April is going to be really busy, and the end of March is going to be really busy with all the movies coming out and stuff I want to talk to you about. I'm super excited. I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Keep it nerdy, and y'all guys have a good one.